Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I may go one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Ken Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Okay, folks, we are back. Good afternoon, partner. How are you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. How are you? I'm okay. Rough week, uh, but I made it through. Here, here. Yes, did you have a good uh, Mother's Day? Did you celebrate your wife? Well, yeah, I didn't go to one of the family events they had um because i was watching the basketball game which was a a complete waste of time it was a horrible game um but yeah uh, which game are you referring to sorry boston celtics in 76's game seven oh yeah it just it wasn't worth to watch but anyway welcome well i had a nice surprise for mother's day do you want to know what what it was what was it (laughs) Well, my daughter arranged for me to have a surprise gel manicure. Look how beautiful my nails are. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't know about it. And my husband drove me and I got door-to-door service and I got a gel manicure. It was really nice. So I enjoyed my Mother's Day. Was What, what happened on Friday? That was it. Oh, okay. So, so on actual Mother's Day... Sunday. Yeah. On actual Mother's Day, I was actually out just being a mother. I I, I was actually being a mother the the whole day, no days off. So I cooked breakfast for the kids. And then I went and helped my son's batting practice. I went and ran after all the balls that he hit during his batting practice. Okay. Well, I see the good (laughs) exercise, but they should have made breakfast for you. I know. Right. Yeah. Well, they treated me to dinner. Even though it was horrible. It was literally horrible. I mean, because we had takeout. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, what? It, it, and my husband agreed. If the food was was not was not good. And he he attributed it to it being Mother's Day and being, you know, very no, no busy. In the kitchen, yeah. Right. And so the food was just subpar, but I, I made it known. I told okay. the manager. So you, you're not gonna it. shout out that restaurant, right? Nope. I should. I mean, to put them on black, I'll give them another opportunity. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to Potlicker Podcast. And as always, we start off with our wow for the week. So this comes from one of our favorite artists, uh, India Irie. And she says, listening to songs in the key of life always puts me in a good mood. Now, those of y'all familiar with Stevie Wonder knows that might be his best album. 
uh, that or intervisions. Uh, mm -hmm. We did a this or that on that earlier. But yeah, so Songs in the Key of Life has, you know, enough songs on there to really, uh, to motivate you, I guess, change your mood, change your feelings, um, give you some inspiration. Uh, he has it all on that album. What do you say? I agree wholeheartedly. And isn't that what music is supposed to do? It's supposed to evoke a mood and emotions from you and that is exactly what stevie wonder does in this just masterpiece of an album songs in the key of life and there's so many songs on there that i just love i mean some of my favorite songs like knocks me off my feet as i love as and i wish I love that song. So yes, I can just put this uh, album on and just listen to the whole thing, and it's it's a, it's definitely as the as the young people say, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe, okay. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Listening to songs in the key of life always puts me in a good mood, and that comes from India. And that's a beautiful picture of her, by the way. I love her. And let us move on. Okay, so our first plug of the day is something I use on a regular basis. I know we do a lot of things technology, but I still use the swing line staple. You see, I have I'm, I'm double packs here. Uh, let me show you the, the old school ones. And this is the super one that can like, you know, I guess it can I was about to say, 60, yeah. 60 pages together. Um, I don't print out that much, but when I do, I always have staples, uh, paper clips. So, yes, so Swing Line is <clears throat> the product right there. You remember that episode of uh, Martin when he uh, was working at Hoochie Burger? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to speak directly into the Hoochie, please. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I can hear you. You talking to me now, right? Yes. <laughs> All right, that's funny. <laughs> Hold on. Let us move on. So there's a lot going on this week, plenty to change from, uh, but we're going to jump into, unfortunately, another sad story, um, another circumstance, uh, Ja Morant is back in the news uh, on social media holding a gun inside of his uh friend's suv or inside of suv with uh a good friend of his um and this is his second incident at the at the end near the end of the season he got suspended for eight games he checked himself into a re rehab down in florida i don't know if we call it a rehab he, he talked to a therapist he came back he was contrite um, he talked to the commissioner. Now it seems like he's in for a long suspension. Uh, 
what say you, partner? Oh, my God. First of all, you said that he was with a good friend. I I think that's a misnomer. There's no way that this is a good friend who's going to allow something like this to be recorded and then to somehow get out into social media. I think it was live. Okay, again, for it to be live and for that to be a good friend who's participating in that, that's definitely an oxymoron because a good friend would not allow that to happen. Well, he, from what is understood, like when the gun came up, he put the phone down immediately. Who did? Uh, his, his friend that was driving. He didn't know he was going to pull a gun out. And it seems like this young man has a gun on him all the time. So if you just making a video and cause you see in the beginning of the video, there's no gun. And then the next thing, you know, he's holding it up and the gentleman put the phone down. Now this is the gentleman that uh, is kind of like expelled from the Memphis games because he supposedly he's the one that got into an altercation. Well, um, was shining the red light on. Um, oh, the laser beam. Yeah, the lady. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know what to take of this from Ja Moran. Now, let me just say something. I'm sure everybody knows by now. It is not illegal in the state of Tennessee to have a gun and it's an open carry without a permit. So what he did wasn't against the law, but it's an NBA infraction. And a lot of people on social media were saying, I don't see the problem with it. I just think it's kind of recklessly uh, promoting gun culture or gun gang culture. Um, I don't know John Morant, but I don't understand his fascination with guns where he has to let people see him with the weapons. I understand people's fascinations with, with weapons, but make that private, you know, um, and I'm hoping he doesn't get suspended an entire year. Um, I can't chalk it up for him being 23 because he just was warned. Right. Right. Know, and this is, but, not, I mean, it's not about it being legal or illegal to have a weapon, I think he knows that it's inconsistent with the NBA brand. They they have warned him once. It's just not, it's just not consistent with the brand. And being from um, DC, you know, um, we, we used to have here, the, the basketball team here used to be called the Washington, what? Bullets. Bullets, right? And a Poland, because if, you know, especially at the height of the crack epidemic and with all the killings that were um, happening uh, related to the crack epidemics or epidemic, he decided to change the name from Washington Bullets to Washington Wizards because it's inconsistent with the message that the NBA wants to represent. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, so that's, that's the issue here. That's one thing. But the other thing, like you said, is that they've warned him once, 
You know what I mean? And he was fine. Wasn't he fine the first time and suspended yeah. and all of that. And then, so for him and he saw his friend obviously recording. So, you know, your friend is recording and then you're going to brandish a weapon again. Like I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 it makes me wonder, like, do you think maybe the pressure of the NBA is too much for him? And he's almost like a self-fulfilling pro uh, prophecy of him sabotaging his career or something. I mean, I mean, if you, if you want to get out your career, just get out your career. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do like Andrew Luck who played football for the Colts. He was the number one pick and everything. And I, I don't know how many years he played in the NFL, mm -hmm. maybe four five. And he just like, he retired because he didn't feel like dealing with the injuries, you know, quiet as kept. I think he's trying to make a comeback, but um, yeah, if you, you don't have to do, you know, it's self-inflicted. Um, but he had his chance after the situation with the first incident, but no, mm -hmm. he made sure he quieted down. He got a commercial done. He got his money. He got money from Nike. Um, I don't, understand it and a lot of people don't and it's not about the money with me with him it's just about do you know where your your life is headed like do you feel like you're on the right course do you want to play basketball do you want to be in the nba because we can talk job protection um but like i heard somebody said he's already made enough money to be good for right. a lifetime so it can't be that and i heard people talking about the pressure mm -hmm. and i'm saying like a lot of people will say is that really pressure but it i i guess it could be his skill on the court is undeniable so right what what it, it, it's not pressure because of his basketball skills because he's one of the most phenomenal basketball players in the NBA. Um, right. And he doesn't seem to have a confidence problem on the court either. No, not at all. <laughs> so I just, I don't sometimes, you know, examine some of the music you listen to and then you get caught up into that and fascinated by that. But most people, I can't speak for most people, but I would think a great deal of people who are in that life are mostly are not in that life by choice. They're yes. in that life by circumstances, and they would love to be in his shoes. Right. And then and the, and the other thing is he's not convincing anyone that this is who he really is. Like, he is not about the street life. You know what I mean? Like, you're not a gangster. We know that. You grew up, you had your, you know, two-parent um, home. So... Yeah, if that's the issue, he's trying to promote some type of thuggish image or something. Um, because you know, I've been watching this uh Tupac documentary, and that was part of his issue. He had this persona of being, you know, thug life and everything like that, but he was actually uh very smart, he was, you know. Uh, very talented writer and, you know, just a, a, you know, a good student. So 
but he felt that with this image of being a thug, he could be more attractive to, to women and, and things of that nature. So it's just reminding me of that. Like, I hope you're not trying to, John Morant is not trying to depict some image of himself as a thug or somebody that's about the street life because everybody can see directly through that and know that that's not really who he is. So it's like, I hope that, I hope that's not his intention. I mean, you're playing professional basketball. That's a life that a, a lot of young men want to lead Would aspire and, and they yeah. admire that they you know um so i don't know if he is intending to promote that gang culture or he's about that life but uh, he just loves guns um I, I have no idea what it what it can be because you just less than three months ago you did this Right. And you said you have to be more responsible. So you're not thinking about people. It sh it shows that you're not mature enough to give enough thought about younger kids that look up to you. Um, and maybe for him that is 23 is too early of an age for us to put that on him. But then that just shows that you don't have the maturity level Every people talk about not his basketball IQ, but his just overall intellect. They say it's 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 high, like he's a bright young man. So I'm trying to put <laughs> two and two together, and it just it's coming out like with a seven, and I just no, don't un yeah. understand it at all. Like the, the math ain't like, math in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. No. I and I'm not saying I know a lot of, but I don't know too many gangsters. I mean, of course, Aaron Hernandez, what he was doing when he played uh, tight end for the Patriots, you know, committing murders and things of that nature, that was ridiculous to me. It just, and, and you know. Hey. The other thing I was going to say is that, as you pointed out, it's okay. Like, I don't have a problem if he if he loves guns. Um, he collects them or he likes to go to target practice or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. The only thing I think I would agree with you that he doesn't seem to have the maturity to realize that part of your career is compliance with a code of conduct. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Just it, 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 that's that would be like you. You're you're a college professor. You like wearing uh, athletic wear. You would you wear to the gym, but you wouldn't necessarily wear that in your class, right? Right, but this right. is really not it's a dress code in college because I see people wear it. <laughs> professors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not a good analogy, but. No, it is. That's not my normal. That's not what I present to the kids. The kids can wear whatever they want to wear. And I don't blame them for wearing things that's comfortable because you're sitting down, small desk and what have you. But I get what you're saying. Right. You're presenting like, an image exactly. um, that's kind of, it's, it's, it's not kind of, it's hurting you. It's hurting the people around you. It's hurting your organization. So 
that's why I say responsible. Like, right. If I you're going to take these contracts and things of that nature, then you know that it comes with a certain code of conduct that mm-hmm. these corporations are expecting from you um, to endorse their brand, you know, and I'm sure Nike, I know Nike and Power Aid, they're not with the gun culture. Right. You know, rappers who rap about guns don't have as many guns in their video. as <laughs> Exactly. So I don't get it. So we got a big message for Ja Morant and we're perplexed, but if we had to say something to Ja Morant, it would be something, something just that's all i have to say to uh john morant young Uh, man i wish you all the best please get it together and let us move on all right i can't pronounce this brother's name i think it's vivek ramaswamy ramaswamy that's an Indian name, I believe. Right? Yeah, if I'm wrong, please forgive me. Uh, judge it to my head, not my heart. But he wants to change the voting age, right? He wants to change it from 18 to 25, but it's conditional. If you serve in the military or if you uh, do a service for like six months, um, uh what 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 do they call that first responders or things of that nature then you can vote at the age of 18 right it's conditional but if you don't then you can't vote until the age of 25 really don't understand this that you're making somebody do something in order to gain their rightful vote what do you say yeah, I agree with you. It's a problem because it's like almost like a almost like a poll tax. Like you have to do something in order to be eligible to vote. And can't hear you. Is Fun. a Republican president Vivek Ramaswamy is a Republican presidential candidate. And um, I think this is just a really a political ploy um, to propose this type of basically constitutional amendment is what it would have to be. And for him to propose this um, as a as a Republican presidential candidate, I think is just to get some attention number one, because this is just an outrageous uh, proposal, in my opinion, um, to get attention. And then also just to sort of uh, grab some of those uh, Donald Trump supporters, maybe, because, you know, the Republican Party, just in general, in my opinion, doesn't seem to really want to win any new voters um, by proposing any meaningful legislation, they just try to basically, you know, propose legislation that's going to suppress votes. 
And that's what this proposal is as well. It's just an attempt to suppress the vote. So we, were, we would have fewer 18-year-old voters. They would have to wait, you know, until they're an older age in order to vote. And if they don't, you know, clear these hurdles that he's proposing, these hurdles of being, um, you know, uh, for, you know, having military service on your side. So, but didn't he, he's, I just think he's counting on, he's counting on these young folks to do some folks. type of service. Type of service. Yeah, you're gonna have to go out and come back in because yeah, there's an echo. Again. Come back in because there's an echo. Again. Okay. So yeah, he is um, proposing this, but at the same time, he's doing this. He's getting rid of potential um, young Republicans, you know. And if he's getting rid of the potential young Republicans by proposing this then he needs to, uh, I don't know, I think it's counterproductive um, because even though, unless he's thinking there are more young Democratic voters or he wants a certain group of people that might not go through this, uh, uh, this policy to, to serve as a deterrent from people to come out to vote, I see it, but he's also, like I said, losing a lot of young Republicans. So okay, what? Th okay, what he said was, "This is, I guess, this is his rationale for this stupid proposal." He says, "I think it is a problem that young people don't vote enough in this country. But if you make it something that you actually have to earn, you value it even more. It's human nature and psychology." That's ridiculous. I don't I don't think it's ridiculous. I, think I, I don't I don't I if it's across the board, it's across the board. So you're not targeting one group. You're tar you you are you you're targeting young people now. That's what you're targeting. But you're targeting all young people. Okay, um, but here's the fact though, Dr. A. The fact is it is that the fewer people that you have voting the greater the chances that a Republican uh, candidate will be successful. That's just been proven to be a fact. They don't like it when people vote. And so that's why they've done so much and tried to pass so much legislation, especially in, especially in those Southern states, Georgia, Texas, Florida, to suppress the vote. And that's that's really what this is. There shouldn't be. They were trying well, to suppress you might as well ask people. You might as well ask people, but but the, like I said, the fact of the matter is that the fewer people that vote, the greater their chances of winning. And you might as well ask people how many bubbles in a bar of soap or how many jelly beans are in a jar. Like we shouldn't be creating any more hurdles for American citizens to vote. If you are an American citizen and you're 18, you should be able to vote. Stop it. We don't need any more hurdles, any more requirements, any more roadblocks. It should be easier and easier to vote. It shouldn't be harder and harder to vote. Why do I? I mean, so you're making me earn the right to vote if I'm 18 years old. If I'm 18, yeah, that's, that's not right. good enough. You want yeah. me to go and join the military or pass a civics test? I bet you he probably couldn't even pass a civics test. 
He wants he wants them to either uh, participate in a six month national service requirement, like in the military or first responder, like you said, or complete a civics test identical to the one required to become a naturalized citizen. Please. Half of yeah. half of the, I would bet that half of America probably couldn't pass one of these uh, civics tests that they give to uh, to uh, immigrants who want to you know become American citizens. So stop. Well, it. I mean, I guess if folks, he's saying earn it by studying. I, I don't like it. Period. Because you don't move the goalposts. Like so, it's been eighteen forever. So now you're going to move it. Right. So yeah, that I that's my reason. Like that's not fair to those that are coming up. And let us move on. By the way, how do I sound? Awesome. All right. So title forty two in and. This is an issue, so I'm going to let you start off with this one. <laughs> well, this immigration in general to me is just a very complicated and complex issue. And I just have a lot of thoughts about it. But I would just say in general, I am for immigration. Um, I know a lot of people are just flat out anti-immigration. They feel like we shouldn't be letting all of these, you know, foreigners into our country. I disagree with that. So I think, so title 42 came from, this is one of those Trump era, um, Trump era legislation, basically that allowed the United States to basically turn away immigrants who came, who came to America seeking asylum due to the COVID, um, the COVID-19 uh, epidemic. And so now that we've declared that it is no longer a, COVID-19 is no longer a public health emergency, then we've de decided to allow Title 42 to um, expire. So now that it is expired, I think everybody was sort of, anticipating this big surge of immigrants um, trying to come across the border, the southern border, by the way. That's another thing. Like, why do we have, why are we so concerned about immigrants coming across the southern border and not the northern border from Canada or immigrants that are, that have the resources and the ability to fly into our country? Um, and I suspect that it's because immigrants that are crossing the southern border are non-white, black, and Hispanic immigrants from Haiti, Mexico, and countries of that nature. So, yeah, I this this again is a very complex issue, and you know I think that our government has kicked it kicked this can down the road from administration to administration. And of course, you know, they give the worst, uh, most difficult issues to, you know, they put uh, Kamala Harris, our first female black and Indian um, vice president in charge 
of one of the most complex issues ever. And I think to me, this issue is like, it's like cancer. Like you can't, you can't cure cancer. You can only treat it. I don't think you can solve this problem. You can only manage it. And so. Well, that's solving the problem. If you manage it, like I I want immigrants to come over, but my question to you should, should there be a certain amount allowed into the country every year? Um, I definitely think it needs to be more organized and a much better policy. I don't think the policy get rid of them or build a wall, you know, type of mentality is good. Um, right. but, but I don't I don't know what to me, as long as they can come over and find work. I'm OK with that. Right. And but I don't I, mean like everybody in the family. I'm like, if the father comes over and find work, he can bring his family over with him or vice versa. The mother can't be the kids, though. That makes sense. I guess the problem is that we just have not uh, made uh, adequate resources available to manage the issue. So we have, um, uh, you know, we have a place at the border that can sort of house a certain number of immigrants and anything over that is is a problem. And I think that's why now that they've expect, expected this surge, they sort of let the ones that were um, in custody, they let them out on parole, you know, pending their reporting to, um, to ICE, you know, to, I guess, make sure that they comply with all of the requirements uh, pending their, um, you know, pending being able to be documented and have the requisite uh, paperwork to allow them to legally be in the United States. Um, But I think, you know, um, I think this is uh, an issue that is, is going to continue to happen because of the conditions that these people um, the immigrants are uh, trying to avoid and, and trying to escape. I think the people who criticize uh, America for allowing immigrants to come in don't really understand what it's like to be that desperate. You know what I mean? Like to put your, to empathize with people who are escaping intolerable conditions. So, the, I mean, what, why else would you try to cross the ocean in a in a raft with your family and risk dying and drowning unless what you're trying to escape is horrific and and just intolerable and unbearable it's like being in a burning building and being like on the 10th floor and and just deciding you know I'll take my chances jumping out than to stay here and just burn alive you know what i mean so that's how desperate these people are. And I think it's just the right thing to do for us to try to accommodate as many people as we can who are seeking asylum from just horrific conditions, gang violence, you know, raping and all kinds of horrific conditions. Um, 
I mean, I do agree that there should be a process. And I think we do have a process that is very reasonable where um, migrants have to um, apply for an, you know, an appointment to see someone and just, you know, complete all of the proper uh, paperwork and everything that is required in order for you to, um, to obtain asylum. You know what I mean? So I'm all for it. Um, I do think it's challenging to handle the val the volume, but I think it's definitely uh, the humanitarian thing to do. Um, and also, I think I think of it kind. I think of America kind of how. Uh, you 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 have siblings, and I have uh, I I had like nine siblings. I'm one of ten, but I'm closest to my youngest brother, who was about two years older than me. And we would get, <laughs> you know, we would get treats, and it would and we would sh we would share them, and it's kind of like if. For example, if my brother stole some candy, stole some candy, and then if I asked for it, he would not share it with me. That's kind of how I feel about America. It's like, this is stolen land. And if you can help someone else and share it, that's what you should do. How dare you try to hoard stolen land? But in all fairness, they're not completely doing that because they're not. They're, they're immigrants coming over. I do think it's a, a a a difficult discussion to have. Um, I am I'm in favor of folks coming over because, like you said, unless like we can build up some places um, where they come from to uh, help them out with employment, but there's so much corruption going on in some of these places that they're trying to you know escape that too so i think it's something that yeah needs to be looked into um and uh, we can see what happens and let us move on All right, so teens weigh in on sexual intercourse. The article says that teens are having less sex, but it doesn't mean that they're having less sex. So I'm trying to yeah. understand that. Like, okay, is it is it or is it not? Like, is you is or is you ain't, you know? Um, it's sexual intercourse versus sex in general. And general, like other, like other right, so it is, sex, I right. think they call it coitus if I'm pronouncing it right. That's penis vagina sex. Um, oh, I guess penetration. Mm. It depends. Um, I don't yeah, know. This, this I, I know sometimes <laughs> I, I'm a collegiate professor, as you, people who listen to the podcast on a regular basis knows and i just say it's a difficult topic to discuss with students that are 18 19 years old 
because they they still find it you know humorous so a technique that i use is at the beginning of conversation that has anything to do with intercourse sexual intercourse i make the students take out a phone their phone and take a selfie you don't know how nervous students are when you ask them to take a picture of themselves. I said, you're going to delete it afterwards. So don't worry about it. But when I say on the count of three, take the picture. And I said, I want you to examine that photo. And I'm going to say, most likely, because uh, there are other ways to get pregnant. Most likely two people got together for at least five minutes to create that photo. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, Everywhere you walk on campus and everything you see that's living from squirrels to insects to, you know, create, it was created by sex. It was created by sexual intercourse. So every person you see on campus, this artificial simulation, so I can't say 100%, but close to it, you know, uh, two people joined together and physically, you know, did something physical and created that image that you're looking at on your phone which is a picture of themselves so that's one um yeah and and i i guess that makes them feel more comfortable talking about sex if they know that it's how we all got here is that is that the point you're trying to make to them yeah like there's sex all around you that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> like when you're walking across campus you can say sex 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 because that because you're looking at humans that's how we're created you know uh so that's to get them comfortable but then to talk about then they will talk about it in a more mature way you know yeah and i think we kind of as adults we need to be aware of the trends with teen behavior um and we need to know their terminology and everything as well um, and basically this, this story basically stems from the Centers for Disease Control's Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Um, and this is something that they do to sort of measure the risk that teens' um, behavior um, is, you know, the, basically the risk that they're engaging in. Where whether it's uh, sexual behavior or drinking and driving, uh, drug use, um, but here we're talking about sexual intercourse. And so, the CDC Centers for Disease Control they conducted this uh, risk behavior survey, survey yeah. and it was seventeen thousand students basically um, that they surveyed between the age of thirteen and seventeen. Um, and these are basically high school kids. And so the question is, right. So the question is um, how much they're engage, engaging in sexual intercourse. And so the trend is showing that sex among teens has recently declined from 50% to 38% in 2019, which could probably be explained by, um, well, to me, they point COVID. to heterosexual behavior 
Okay, hold on. Let me get hold on. So right. then it's going down from it went from 50% to 38% in 2019 to 30% in 2021. So it's trending down. And so the question is, how is it possible that teens are having le less sexual intercourse? Well, the question is, first of all, it depends on how you define sex. So sex could or be any, yeah. yeah, any sexual act. So not necessarily intercourse, as you pointed out, but it could be any sexual act. And so um, they, the, 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 C, the CDC pointed out that sexuality is moving from a binary situation, binary meaning between a boy and a girl mm -hmm. to a spectrum. And so, and, and with that is a move to um, all, kind, <laughs> all kinds of sex that people are having. So, um, and also teen sexuality is evolving along with the gender fluidity and um, it's become, gender fluidity is becoming more common. So as you pointed out, it's not necessarily heterosexual sex that we uh, need to find out about. It's also uh, between, you know, girls with girls and boys with boys. So and, that's where to me the confusing thing comes in it's all sex to me like we're trying to classify right. hetero uh normative behavior and you know and juxtapose it against homosexual behavior so to me there's no difference outcomes may be different but there's no difference in the intercourse if it's man man woman woman they're still engaging in sex but they're not engaging in how we traditionally um, define what sexual intercourse is, which is baffling to me. If a man has sex with another man, he's still having sex. Right. Um, but then you won't have the incidence of teen pregnancy to be concerned about. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, we not, but that's what I'm saying. We, we, in this article, we're not talking about they're They're discounting people uh homosexuals having sex that's what i'm getting out of the article like is that really sex yeah it is it is but i mean you can also still get stds which is risky behavior you yeah. know what i mean um but for example they said um, high school kids who identify as heterosexual has dropped it's dropped to about 75 percent. it was 89 percent in 2015 and then those who identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual rose to 15% up from 8%. So we're getting, you know, because of the spectrum of sexuality, we're getting more forms of sex. And so that's why it's possible that we could have, that teens are having less sexual intercourse and still having you know not necessarily having less sex they're still having sex which is not necessarily always sexual intercourse you, you see what i'm saying so i think that's good for a parent i mean we need to know what's going on as adults you know what i mean and also their language is changing so do you know what a situationship is i've heard it yeah that that's a word that that's a term that teens are using on social media and what have you. And that's basically a short-term hookup. So like what we used to call maybe like a one night stand, mm -hmm. 
One hit quitter. And then a sneaky link. A sneaky link. If you hear your kids talking about a sneaky link, that's supposed to be like a hookup that's done in secret without telling, they don't tell their friends about it. So that's what they call a sneaky link. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's just a new ter- term or something. Oh, <coughs> you know, the, keeping it on the low. Right. You know, um, the other thing that's leading well, to Luther that, said, I won't tell us so. No one has to know. <laughs> that's what if you want to be totally discreet. discreet. Right. Yeah. So um oh I was gonna I was gonna point out that um because of the COVID 19 uh pandemic, there was less uh interaction among teens. Um you know, because everybody was isolated. Um, but on the flip side of that, their verbal communication skills declined, you know, because they were more on social media and they're just not, you know, talking to each other. And so that's going to lead to fewer in-person um, entanglements, if you will. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is there's a correlation between um the ability to drive and then have been sex because I guess if they kids are not able to move around, but you know, they have Uber. So <laughs> yeah, you, you're talking about rural areas though. Right. If, right. If right. You live in DC, New York, Philadelphia, you can get around, you know? Um, and then, you know, what else is a, a factor that's uh, decreasing the sexual intercourse or whatever? Um, having, I mean, basically living in the, uh, information age and the age of technology, they all have in their hands a phone and therefore they have access to what on their phones? Information. Porn. Yeah. (laughs) So they're, they're, um, saying that, um, teens are basically, I guess, watching porn as... I don't know, a sexual outlet or whatever. And they're looking at it as early as 12 years old. And there's a statistic that says 75% of teens have seen porn. That is, that's horrific to think about. But I mean, all they have to do is pull it up on their phones. How How do you learn about sex though? Like how horrific is that if you're teaching yourself or you're trying to inquire? Uh, I would submit that pornography is no way to teach anyone about sex. That is I, I that, totally, that is all of the, I, it's like I, a fantasy. I, That's not I real. I totally disagree with that. Oh my goodness. Oh, well then let's have this talk. We're going to have, this is, this is a topic talk right here. You mean to tell me that you think pornography is a legitimate means of teaching a young person a teenager about sex please tell me you don't agree with that i do agree with that <laughs> i do agree with you that. you have got to be kidding me how am i kidding about that it's a it's an example pornography yeah is not real it's first what of all talking about for, first of all pornography is um, although many people watch it, yeah, it's a billion dollar or close to a trillion dollar. It industry. is, yeah. and, uh, and that's unfortunate because there are so many people's children that are being abused 
in pornography. It's I didn't say there wasn't a bad side to pornography. Well, because there is a bad side, yeah. it should not be supported. That's just me. Okay. And I think it's not, it's definitely not a way to teach someone about a young person about sex because again, it's not real. What you're seeing in those what images. What do you mean it's not real? What, when I, I don't say it's not question. real is that it's not an accurate reflection Set, okay, to me, sex, when you're teaching your children about sex, sex is a wholesome, good, natural um, act between two people who love each other and hopefully are married, but that's just me, but two people who love each other. So I don't think watching pornographic images will will uh, communicate so lot, to a child who doesn't know about what sex is. That's okay. not, it's hold just on, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to get this straight because I don't want to go down the line and have people assuming different things, right? I'm not talking about child pornography, so let's get that out of the way, right? I'm not talking about teaching somebody that's 11 or 12 years old, so let's get that out of the way too, I'm talking about what's the average age when people have sex? 16, 17 years old, maybe? Okay. The average age. We we can, yeah, just for the sake of argument, we can. Conversation, right? So I'm not getting into anything biblical about that. And first of all, for someone who is a part of that, you know, millions and millions that... Uh, watch porn who have watched porn because i'm not going to sit up here and lie and say i'd never watch porn i'm saying that there are couples that are married right and i i'm not going to name any but there are couples that are married that do expositions on porn with them having sex they're married couples What's so, an expert? What do you mean they like, actually record themselves they record themselves and have sex for themselves not no, for everybody put, else. For no, everybody no, else. No, they put it's on porn. So that means you have access to it. Okay. So they're only having sex with their partner. Okay. Right? Now, I'm not trying to say, people say, well, that doesn't make, I'm not trying to argue the morality of porn pornography, but I'm saying like a lot of parents don't engage in with their kids about sex. A lot of, and it said like, most guys, you, you learn it from older people or even if not older people, someone who has had sex already. Right. And the same with girls like you might tell your girlfriend, you know, this is what happened. These are the expectations, so on and so forth. You do this, you do that, blah, blah, blah. Some people just go and they just try to figure it out themselves. Like J. Cole got a song called Wet Dream, which is a great song. For a young man to listen to um, because it talks about feeling inadequate and trying to act like you are adequate before you even have sex. That that pressure that they have. So pornography, if you watch it, and I'm not talking about the different fetishes that go on in pornography. I'm just talking about, you know. 
So you're suggesting to watch it for the X's and O's of it, like to just see how things work. Yeah, to see how things work. For the X's and O's. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, because you go into it blind. Like if if I didn't have my dudes on a corner that told talked about it, I wouldn't have known. My mother grew up in the church, and people, you know, they. No, 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 no. It's not that hard. It's like. <laughs> No pun intended. That's it really what, I, I wasn't going to say that. I'll let you say that. <laughs> it's not that hard. No it's pun intended. A better really. word. Yeah. Right. It's like you learned that in kindergarten. Uh, you know. What no, kindergarten you went? Wait a minute. Let me finish my thought. What I was going to say is a, a you can't put a square peg in a round hole. That's basically what you learn in kindergarten. So it's the same thing. It fits together. This is how it fits together. You know, the, you know, I guess this would be an L or an I goes into the O. Right. You know what I mean? But the point is, and, and then you have sex education. You begin to teach children about sex uh, before they can even talk. And I can say that as a mother, because you begin when you're, when, when they are, don't have on any clothes and you begin to tell them the names of their body, body parts. parts. Right. Right. The clinical names without wee-wee and two. Yeah, but that's not and sexual. Mama. And I'm talking yeah. about sex. No, but what I'm saying to you is that is the beginning of I'm teaching not disagreeing children about with that. sex. I'm not disagreeing And having with them that. to feel comfortable with their bodies. Okay. Having them to understand that they have autonomy and control over their bodies. That no one should touch their bodies without their consent. There's no argument. This is you, all you, a part you, of you, getting You straw manning again because nobody is speaking talking. against that. The, the 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 you asked me was pornography a way to teach um having sex and I'm saying yeah there is there is a way you can learn from that because it, it, it goes. once you know once you know the body parts nobody really has to teach you what to do it's kind of like no like who taught dogs how to do it who taught the birds and the bees how to do it it's like you do it, it. It comes natural. Like, okay? You can't compare. Then, or not, you can't I compare say, but I'm just saying it's the same enemy. concept. It's okay. the same thing. It's a you lot can more have, to that. It's a lot more to it than that. That the kids are having uh, sex education in school. They know, like, no, okay, they're not. They this, got rid this, of that. They got. They got rid no, of my that. My kids had it. My kids. Yeah, because they go to a different school. Uh, yeah, private school versus public right. school. Maybe right. I don't know. But what right. I'm saying to you, when I say pornography is not real, what I mean is a lot of it is acting. It's, and a lot, I might, I, I, I have to say, is overacting. Like, Even if first acting. of all, nobody is doing, nobody can do it that long. They do, they have all kinds of enhancements that they give the men so that they stay erect for longer than is normal. And so that they can, I mean, it's ridiculous. And nobody, very few people make those kinds of noises. And it's just, to me, kind of corny. Like, that's why I never really, it's like all the fake noises and all the oohs and ahs. It's like too much. It's like, that's not real. Stop it. It's acting. And so that's what I mean by that. And then not to mention like all the we said we weren't going to get into all the fetishes and all that kind of stuff. Of but all you, you, crazy you, you, things you, that you, you're kind of making but, me get into because you, you're going to say, first of all, you can't speak for everybody. 
That's what I cannot. All right. I said was I think it's a you, terrible you say, way. You, when, you, when you say, and this is incredible, this conversation that we're I can't having right now. This. No, because you're saying that, you know, all those noises, people don't make their noises. I'm like, in my life, yeah, there have been noises. <laughs> there have been noises. So that, that, that goes I'm not going to demonstrate what I'm right, talking about. I'm not going to demonstrate either, but what I'm trying no, I'm to say. I'm talking about like the over-exaggerated, ridiculous. I'm talking about basic stuff. Okay. Right? You know. Okay. You don't have yeah. I, I'm talking, no, I'll, I'll say, I'm talking about, it's called coitus sex. I'm talking about penis vagina sex. Okay, basic. Right? Okay. I'm talking, yeah. So your your parents, if they're more liberal, they can teach you about touching, right? Yeah. Your, your partner before, you know, and, and how things go and how, you know, what you can do and you can suggest things to them. But we know taking looking at statistical data, a lot of parents is just like, you figure it out. It's nothing to figure out. I promise you, if we had a um a vir a virgin, if two virgins got married and they were going to consummate their marriage, I promise you they will figure out how it works without anybody demonstrating it to them. You this is what I'm I, just saying, you, you it's argue, too you, you, you're like, not listening to the argument. You okay, say you say that pornography can't teach you. I'm saying it absolutely. I did not say that. You, I didn't say what that. Did, what did you say? I said it is not an adequate means of teaching a young person about sex. Okay. It's so, not, that's okay. what I said. I didn't I, say okay. you couldn't. So then, you, then you're saying that it can teach you that. You're saying it's inadequate because of other reasons, right? Right. 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 So that for, for a non-porn watcher like yourself, right, you're... You're saying, okay, the stuff that I have, I'm a, full disclosure, I have seen it, I have watched it, but it's not for me. That you right. know, I, but, no judgment. If I, I think but, it's bad, but okay, but so, watch it, but, sure. so you, you, you're saying, like, are you saying that people cannot learn from that? That's what I just want to ask you. That's a simple question. <sighs> yes, people can learn from that's all I'm saying. But That's I'm just saying that I think it's uh, it's like an unreal for someone who knows nothing about sex. It's just I I just don't think it's an adequate means because I of of teaching someone who doesn't know anything about sex. Because if you're if you're a if you're a young man or, or a young let's say a 17 year old boy, and you don't know anything about sex, to me if you watch porn to learn about sex. You could possibly be uh, lear learn to do something like too rough. Like some of that stuff is it's over. It's overboard. Like nobody wants just, that. I nobody wants. I no woman wants an oversized is, you're, you're, penis you're, being inserted into you, her. Nobody on. wants to be pounded. Him, like you going we, down a road that we I'm don't need saying. to go down. No, what I'm saying to you is like there are. Forget, I'll call it soft porn. We can call it that. There are things like if I had a son, you know, I could say, look at this, this, and this. Just those videos themselves. And you can learn about what goes on and what might get somebody aroused. Yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is I'm talking about that. Yeah, there's a lot of graphic porn. 
you just reminded me of something. That's the other thing. You said what might get someone aroused. That's the other thing. It's a very personal, intimate uh, 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 act. between two. Might. Wait a minute. Hold on. Between two people. And your son, if he becomes, uh, you know, gets into a relationship with uh, another person, that person is an individual person who has very specific desires, needs, and wants, you know, sexually. And so it's all in getting to know that person as to what they may want in a sexual relationship versus some generic idea of how it's supposed to be done from a por a, a pornographic video. Like, are you serious? Yeah, but you're, right you're taking it to That's me. You see my point, though, of what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you what you're doing is taking the word pornography and you're stigmatizing it to be very negative. So let's let's not use porn. Let's use an adult video. That's a simple video, right? What I'm at, all I'm saying is that by watching that, with supervision or not, you can see it's all uh, what do you call it? trial and error, like you said, depending on the people. Right. Right. So what, if you don't watch, if you don't watch it and figure it out, right? Okay, it's go go but let, let's talk about when i'm gonna talk about when i grew up when you started intercourse the woman usually wanted you to be more experienced today it's, it's, it's different now you know but back then it's just like and girls would say i i want a guy who is experienced right a lot of women would say that i'm not saying all so what i'm saying is like okay you know about the birds and the bees and what goes where. Right. And why. You know about the protection. But the first thing you talk about first is what you said is like how to respect the person that you're having sex with. What what not to say to the individual if things aren't going right, right in the beginning. Because sometimes. Going right sexually? Yeah, it could be trial and error, and it could be a lot of errors, man. Right, that's right. what communication is about. Yeah, right. but they, some people might not know, right? But so, you're gonna get that from watching the porn video. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. We'll, well, you know what? We'll, 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 you have got to be kidding. We, Half of the videos is uh, ding dong. Uh, someone's at the door. Your pizza's here. And then they come in, and then they, and then you know, that's all role playing. But, I mean, that, but that's what it's on the video. What you think they're on the video romancing each other and having conversations about their innermost desires and their dreams and goals in life? No, that's not what you're finding on a video on a porn. See, that's not I, reflective not, of I'm, an actual, genuine, real relationship. I'm not going to talk about my love each other. And are fulfilling each other sexually, which is there, what relationships there are. There is that on porn too. You I keep telling you that. You're not serious right now. I'm telling you that. Like you're not oh, going to take my word. I'm telling you that. As your friend, yeah. I'm telling you that. There I've are couples, seen videos too. What? There are, seen, did you see the married couples that had sex on 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 adult videos? No, I have not yeah. seen. Okay, that. so then let's not talk because there's several. So you're the for, so the children are just going to happen to to happen upon those particular videos. Is that what you? No, talking I'm about? talking about. I'm talking about with supervision. Like with supervision, you know. Okay, let me let's just put it this way. I would never want to teach my children about sex by 
directing them to a video of okay. two people having sex. Okay. That's not that's not how it's done. Okay, but see, stop saying that. You okay, that's not how that's I think. How I that's not how exactly. I think it should exactly. be. Exactly. And I'm and I know there's a whole bunch of people who agree with me, rather okay. than with you. That is ridiculous. I can't. Boy, I am learning more and more about you after 30 years. Okay, let, let me <laughs> let me say this. Let me say this to you. And a that might people, be among the most ridiculous okay. things I've learned about you. No, but. See, okay, when, go ahead. Okay, when you when, okay, you, when you say things like that, I, I just know where that. you are in your life. I shouldn't right? have said that. Yeah, okay. no, I'm okay with that because <laughs> you you do think it's ridiculous. I do. That's crazy. That is crazy. Okay, public service announcement, parents, please, please promise me, you are not going to teach your kids about sex by suggesting to them that they should watch a pornography. Pornographic, what is it called? You can't they should watch porn. Don't okay. don't do it. All right. Let us move on. <laughs> That's crazy. <sighs> All right. And now that we're done with that, let's get to our brand, which is Howard University. Yeah, we have to do Howard this week because we did Morehouse. We did Morgan last I mean, not Morehouse. Yeah. Morgan State uh, University. My partner is a graduate of Howard Law School, right? I am. I am. So, so we went from the Morgan State University Bears to the Bison. The Bison. <laughs> Howard ranks among the highest producers of the nation's black professionals in medicine, dentistry, pharmacy, engineering, nursing, architecture, religion, law, music, social work, and education. Uh, it's been around since 1867. It has awarded more than 100,000 degrees in the professions, arts, sciences, and humanities. Howard is located in Washington, D.C. I think they say in the Shaw, S-H-A-W, Shaw community. And it's probably, I would say, the best known HBCU. Would you would you say that? I know there's this Grambling. Yeah, well, a lot of people say it's Howard, Morehouse, Hellman, and Hampton. Are yeah. Uh, I think Hampton has the prestige, but I, I'm not going to say it's well, because Grambling is well known and Southern because they play those Bayou classics, like when Grambling used to play Morgan way back in the days in New York. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, Howard and I University. think Kamala Harris has also um, um, is a raised graduate. the profile of the university across the world because everybody yeah. knows who the president and vice president of the United States. Yeah, uh, Diddy did, too, uh, even though he didn't. I don't know if he finished, uh, but he did go to Howard University. Chadwick Boseman, uh, Felicia Rashad Allen, Debbie Allen, uh, Thurgood Marshall. So you have a lot of people, famous people that went to um, Howard University. Yeah. Indeed. have a question it's a question address the question this is a question so what's the question answer the question 
Okay. So our question of the week is what never ask a question but gets answered all the time? What never ask a question but gets answered all the time? Our last week, the answer was, well, the question last week was a girl fell off a 50-foot ladder but didn't get hurt. How come uh, she fell off the second step, you know? So if you said low step or not a high, that's good enough. But today, you know, what never asks a question but gets answered all the time. So uh, email us at potlickershow at gmail.com. Let us move on. And let us move on. And let us move on. All right. Okay, so today our little known black history fact is Elizabeth. Thorn Scott Flood. On May 29, 1854, Elizabeth Thorn Scott Flood established the first private school for African American children in Sacramento, California, when she invited 14 children into her home to be educated because they were not allowed to attend their local public schools until 1880, when her activism helped to make integrated schools California law. She established the first private school for African-American children in Sacramento, California, Elizabeth Thorne Scott Flood, our little-known Black history fact. Okay, Elizabeth Thorne Scott Flood. She was married twice. That's why she has two last names. And let her move on. All right, so our third plug of the day is the Hella Black Podcast. Um, Hella Black Podcast is an Oakland-based audio experience brought to you by Delincey Parham and I think it's Abbas. And with each episode, they hope to educate and inform their listeners on all things related to blackness. Their podcast is important because it uplifts the voices of black radical organizers and, and who are doing the work in the field. Oftentimes, our narratives are not told. So, <sighs> Hella Black Podcast is the name of the podcast. And check it out. Well, all right. And let us move on. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no.
So I all hell no goes to the the uh, McDonald's chicken McNuggets burn on a young lady. Uh, you want to talk about this, partner? Well, uh, let's see. McDonald's and a franchise holder were determined by a court to be at fault or liable after a hot chicken McNugget from a Happy Meal fell on a little girl's leg and caused second degree burns. And this was a jury in South Florida. And this reminds me of the hot coffee one. Remember when the hot coffee fell on the lady? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, I think with that one, that was back, she was an 81-year-old lady, and it was $2.7 million judgment and punitive damages. This was in 1992. Um, she suffered third-degree burns, and she had initially asked McDonald's for $20,000 um, to cover just her hospital expenses, and the judge reduced it to $2.7 million. Well, he reduced the $2.7 million award to $480,000. So she ended up, that lady ended up getting $480,000. The little girl, let's see, how much did the little girl get? I'm looking for it. Um, it doesn't say. I guess yeah, I don't, they, haven't, I don't, they, they haven't gotten to that stage. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they haven't I gotten to. You had some new information. I said, oh, <laughs> no, right? Okay. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, I guess that could sort of inform what she might get. You know, I don't know, but I don't know. What do you think? I mean, to me, this just uh, clearly the little girl was. Uh, it looked like she was injured. Yeah, it's probably one of the cases they took the McNuggets out to Greece and it probably was during a busy time and they just, they didn't cool down at all. They just put a little salt on there, scraped them up, put them in the box and then one fell on her leg, probably had a little bit of grease on there and it just, it burned her flesh, you know, right. and that's what probably happened. Um, well, here's the thing. I don't this know if they're liable for the drop. You know. Well, no, but I guess the issue is is that it was, they said it was too hot. Yeah, they cooked it too hot. Yeah, because I think it's supposed to be at a certain temperature, and whatever that temperature is, it was above that. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. It says while both sides agreed the nugget caused the burns. The family's lawyers argued the temperature was above 200 degrees and the defense attorney said that it was no more than 160 degrees. How do you so, measure that? Right. They couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. And that's probably. Yeah. Nobody can really prove that, I guess. But my thing is and let me tell you what happened to me recently when I went to McDonald's, because, you know, I talked about McDonald's before how you know my family we like mcdonald's there's only certain things that i will eat at mcdonald's one of them is i will eat the french fries and i'm very particular about my fries i want my fries out of the grease and that's what i tell them every time the last time i went to mcdonald's fresh fries they, huh 
We just say fresh fries. Fresh, right. Last time I went to McDonald's, they I ordered a medium fry. I really wanted the large, but I settled for the medium because I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> preserve those calories. Um, but I asked for a medium fry and I got the fries. There's nothing more irritating than like lukewarm, lukewarm fry. I want my fries where you take a bite and it burns your tongue. That's how I want mine. And I think they know that. So they have to balance that. Like, you want to eat it like, ah, 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 like right, exactly. And the, fun, the funny thing about it though, and this is no joke. I literally, I was walking out of the McDonald's and there was a lady, you know how they tell you if, if, when you're in the drive-thru, they tell you, um, excuse me, can you pull up and I'll bring yeah. your food out, right? Yeah. So there was a lady that had pulled up from the drive-thru and she was waiting for her order and she she saw me with my fries she saw the whole thing apparently she saw me go back in there and come back out with with some fries and she said excuse me did you have to um exchange your fries i said yeah they know we want hot fries like this is my one treat and you know i want it to be perfect like we want the crispy hot fries out of the grease and I had to go back in and say excuse me can I have my fries out of the grease and she said I know I had the same she said every time I come here I have the same problem she said that's what I'm sitting here waiting on my fries too so it's not just me it's a lot of people and so yeah. that's the dilemma that McDonald's is gonna have it's like okay well any every now and then we're gonna get sued because we're trying to get our food out hot like people want it you know no, but still it should be hot at a certain temperature like yeah. so if you if all I have to do is touch it. If I touch it and it's hot, I'm like it's good, you know. Right, right. Uh, but for I'm, a baby, that's different, you yeah. know. But yeah, for a child. So be careful with the babies, y'all. Yes, yes. So and let us move on. Give it up, 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 give it up. All right. So we giving it up this week to Bronnie James, who officially committed to University of Southern California to play his collegiate basketball. Um, for y'all know, for all of those, all of those who should know that Bronnie James is the son, or the eldest son of of LeBron James. Of LeBron James. I know his mom is super happy because you know they live. Um, in California because LeBron pay, plays for the Lakers, of course. And so I know Savannah James is so happy that her, her son gets to stay close to home at USC, which is a great academic institution, by the way. So he's going to get the best of both worlds. And of course, you know, Bronnie James could have probably gone to any university in this country if, you know, if he wanted but his, to. His family lives in California, so... That's probably the reason why he, went to, why he went to USC. And they're supposed yeah, to have a good recruiting class. Oh, really? So who who else was um in the running for him? Was it Ohio? Ohio State. Wasn't it uh, Ohio, State. Ohio State? Okay, yeah. Because of course, you know, I I think LeBron probably would have been happy with that as well. Because you know, I, isn't he a Buckeyes fan? Being from Cleveland. Yeah, that's the school he was yeah, going to go to. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, they, yeah. So, what do you think about um, Bronny James, especially compared to Bryce? Like, a lot of people say Bryce is much better. What do you think? The younger son? The younger son? Yeah. yeah. Have you heard uh, I haven't really seen him play. Uh, I've, I've seen, seen Bronny. I've seen uh, Bronny. I've, uh, 
he's shorter than his father, he's shorter than his father. But he does have athletic ability he have athletic and uh he's yeah. a very very good shooter so we'll see what happens you talking about Bronny? yes how yes. tall how tall is Bronny? i think six three you know? and a half and lebron is like six what 10? almost six nine almost six nine six nine okay yeah uh and he so he probably is not going to grow anymore right it, it it's a possibility it's a possibility yeah it's a we'll possibility see. i know i know he's still, a teenager. He, he's still a teenager right um and i know lebron said that he wants to play with his son in the in the league that's I think that's goal. becoming more and more of a possibility, right? Because do you think he'll play all four years in college, or do you think he's going? I, to I don't know. I haven't watched him enough, so we'll see. Okay. If it's even two years, it's still an extra year. LeBron would have to wait to play with his son. So why? Because if he spends two years in college, instead of one, that's two years he would have to wait to play with his son. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So, so. All right. All right. All right. Mute your mic. So today, I start off with your. Okay. Today. Let's start with the, my recap with the three plugs. Swing line, stapler. The next one is Howard University, and our podcast was Hella Black Podcast. Our wow for the week came from India Irie. Listen to songs in the, listening to songs in the key of life always puts me in a good mood. What's going on this week was John Moran, uh, voting age from 18 to 25, title 42 ended, and sexual intercourse with uh, students. Our weekly question, <clears throat> what never asked a question but gets answered all the time? Our little black known black history fact was Elizabeth Thorne Scott Flood. I all hell no went to McDonald's and the chicken McNuggets that burned the young lady and we gave it up to Bronnie James for getting accepted to USC. So with that being said, in closing, in closing, thank you everybody for taking time out of your busy schedules to hang out with us. And as always in parting, we wish you love, peace, and soul. And soul, y'all. We'll see you next week.